Hello, my name is Brandi Hofer, your host and founder of Color Me Happy, a community podcast and book, all of which I started in my in-home studio whilst in the throes of motherhood. I am an artist, author, educator, and mother to three beautiful boys. We live and create together in our in-home studio that is tucked away in the quiet Canadian prairies. Our podcast and community was built to empower and inspire. We chat about everything from motherhood, the art world, business, and health in the most honest and authentic way. It's totally unedited and unfiltered. If you love what we do here, become a part of our free community, Color Me Happy. We have grown the community to support our members with features and interviews. Our link is in the notes. Thank you for being here. I sure do appreciate your time. Hello, my friend. Welcome to Color Me Happy Podcast. My name is Brandi Hofer. Thank you so much for being here. I'm doing this real fast today because I have to go paint a mural today. Um, but I want to release a podcast, but this weekend is like insane. I'm sure you're all feeling the same way. If I feel like this, I'm sure everyone's in the same season. I had a lunch with a girlfriend uh, the other day and she's like, oh, you know, I've like Actually, she bought a painting, also a collector. So anyways, it's Jill. <laughs> um, she's like, I've been like taking breaths a lot every day and it's been helping so much. So <sighs> take a breath with me. That was a really <laughs> not a letting go breath. Anyway, um, take breaths. Um, that's all we can do, um, especially if you're in the season of uh, kids like I am. Uh, it's pretty insane. Um my husband and my first child are going to two locations this weekend, slash I'm painting a mural, slash uh, I have a workshop on Sunday. So lots of juggling, lots of moving around. Um, and, uh, but it's good. Like my husband always says, he's like, you like maybe you should like do less. And I'm like, but I can't because I really, really love everything I do. And I think that's what matters really. Um, if, if you really feel like your why is important and you just feel so grateful and lucky to be doing what you're doing. Um, of course I never want to encourage burnout, but, um, if you're taking care of yourself and you've checked all those boxes, then it's fine to like push yourself a little bit. Um, and of course I'm, I'm like cyclically in the time of my and women. So women who are still in that, uh, moon cycle sort of, you're still, um, cleansing every month, uh, then like I'm in like the energy stage. So it's okay. I know that I can push myself at this point. Um, and then when I rest, I rest hard. So, uh, I think it's trusting that. However, that's so off topic. Uh, I really love this conversation with Kihan Fu. Uh, he came on and uh, we had an amazing chat. He, it was actually just a meeting where he had a lot of questions, but um, we talked a lot about creative community um, connections and those physical connections with people and those ins um, and relationships are really important to um your creative desires. And, uh, in our weekly newsletter this week, we really talk about the fact that you, if you are tapping into your creativity and your creative power, you literally can think up and believe anything is possible and then execute it. It, it really is like, it's, it's simply that it's just really believing in yourself and, you know, molding the life and making that you want and desire and making choices. Um, of course, there's like bumpy parts along with it that I'm not mentioning. Uh, but if they lead to the good stuff, that's it. So enjoy this conversation. It's a it's a really good one. Um, and I'm so grateful for Kihan's time. And um, and I was really, it was, see, this is when you just have to trust life. I met him at the Mural Fest in Saskatoon in September. And he's like, hey, can we talk? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and it's so crazy. That's it. Like these people will come along in your life and you will both work towards something really cool. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it was just like a really good chat, but it also might lead to something else, a friendship, a connection, uh, anything. So really, really trust in your path as well. All right. Um, 
I always say my very first mantra was my creativity is worthy and powerful because I was sitting at that point in my life where I didn't have a lot of self-worth and I needed to say that as much as possible. Um, so creating a mantra, which we talk about a lot in our book, uh, we take you through all these steps like mindset, mantra, and uh, genuine stories of like shit hitting the fan and then things going well and things not. And it's, it was, it's a good one. Um, all right. We'll catch you on the, why, why did I say, why am I saying catch you on the flip side, everyone have a great weekend. And remember you can, um, chat with us anytime, uh, on Instagram at Brandy Hofer studios and join our free color me happy community, uh, catch our book. Uh, we can connect in so many ways, uh, sign up for our weekly inspiration newsletter, which is amazing where we feature our members and, uh, chat like this so and there's always something to take away i promise uh and people love it and i love talking to people and i gotta go i really do i gotta go i, I gotta pack up and do this mural i haven't even packed up yet so i'm really hoping i'll go to you know what this is what i use my mural checklist for muralists or artists looking to get into um murals in my course, I have this checklist and I literally use it every time I pack up for a mural because I need to, because it's the worst when you forget something, when you're like, I need an extension cord or I forgot my stepladder, which I have done three times. So now I'm like, look at your friggin' checklist before you leave Brandy. Like you teach people this, follow your own directions. All right, uh, catch you on the flip side. I'm just gonna record just in case. <laughs> cool, cool, yeah, uh, yeah. definitely. Um, so no, actually, so I would say my whole house in general is an artwork. Um, like I, we designed it and this is just from birthday parties, but like everything <laughs> is like, everything is almost like when I think about like plants and things and the way it's put together, I'd say it's an artwork in itself. Wow. However, it's definitely like I have it's, it's, it's all intuitive, right? So I'm surrounded by things that inspire me, things that I'm like, I can't do that at all. I wish I could, but I love it so much or it, it sparks something within me. And so it's just, it's just being surrounded constantly every day by things that make you feel good. So that's what I'm, that's what I try to do, I guess, essentially. Yeah. Can I ask, is your house located in the second half lofts? No, I live in Lloydminster. Oh, okay. Oh, very cool. I've been in uh, there though. Someone, one of my collectors is in there, I believe. And it was really cool to see that space. <laughs> it is very cool. I basking because I, so our places in the second half lofts and when you turned oh. it around i saw the like the tall ceiling clears like oh i like this this is speaks to taste because i i yeah. will say i feel like there's people who learn them in the lofts who aren't using the ceiling space and so for me that's an absolute waste of an opportunity but for me like the outlay the outlook of your space thank I you understand. Yeah. Can I ask, does this mean you have a sort of foot in both Saskatchewan and Alberta art scenes? Or is that a <laughs> is that me extrapolating from just the location of I your, your home? I wish I could say that I I do at like I've dabbled a little bit in Calgary and Edmonton, but for some reason Saskatoon and Regina have just been like the community that has reached out to me, or maybe it's because um over a decade ago, the Saskatchewan Network for Art Collecting. So Robin, who founded that, he has had had my work. And then I was in Rouge Gallery for a long time. Um, and maybe that's what laid some roots down in Saskatchewan. Um, I'm really hoping that in the next year or two, I can join the Edmonton or the Calgary mural fests. Now that like I did a really big mural, I'm like, maybe they'll maybe they'll accept my <laughs> submission this year and i can my uh, brother lives in edmonton and he's a musician so he's part of the scene too so he knows everyone so i'd like to you know 
it's a big commute either way, whichever way I go. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that something happens there. Um, nothing crazy, but like at least one or, you know, something. But yeah, mostly I like have t like a really good relationship with the arts community in Saskatoon so far. And Very online, I have a big online community. I run my own community yeah. and then I'm part of the arts queen, art queens. So um, lots of online connections, I would say is the biggest part of. And then Lloydminster is fantastic. Like what an awesome city. They just believe in and support me in like so many ways. Oh gosh, I have so many questions. Um, so uh, let me know if I'm doing too much yammering. Uh, no, my go friend's for joke. I, I picked up debate when I first moved to Saskatoon and thus I oh love hearing my own voice as my friends would say, or love hearing my own questions. So you let me know if I'm stammering the way. This comment about Lloyd Minister really intrigues me because my preconceived notion of Lloyd Minister is oil and different road quality between Saskatchewan and Alberta. So these are very surface level biases. It's recently where I'm, I've started, I guess, just coming out of the pandemic, learning much more about the vibrancy of Winnipeg's art community. So it's got me thinking about, oh, like there's a lot more to be discovered beneath the preconceived biases of other prairie cities and communities. Um, can I ask if you can, you know, give some highlights like about Lloyd? I've never heard it being described in a I Art love sense. Lloyd. <laughs> I love Lloyd so much. And of course, like this comes from years of like when I was in high school, I couldn't wait to leave. Right. But I feel like everyone has mm -hmm. a sense of that when they leave their hometown. And I talk a lot about that in my book, but it, it was such it, like it, it wasn't fair because I I just like grew up as a as a child here. And then um, I think it took going away and coming back somewhere to appreciate the value in connections, friendship, family. Um, and then, of course, the fact that there are less artists per capita here. So the creatives that are here really have the mm. sense of working together. Um, and I'm talking videographers, photographers, um, podcasters. Um, and for some reason, we all have this, like, the sky is the limit mentality, and we just all grow together. And then the community is like, wow, have you seen this person? They're so talented, and we're, we support them, and we want to see them grow. It's, it's like a special little bubble, and I am so grateful to be a part of it. Like, for example, I, during the pandemic, um, I was actually, so back to Robin from Saskatchewan Network for Art Collecting, GMC, like General Motors Canada, had reached out to them. Mm -hmm. They're like, do you know any Saskatchewan artists um, or painters? Um, send them our way. So I ended up actually shooting in Mike, who was at the Mural Fest last weekend. They couldn't make it to Lloydminster, but they only could make it to Saskatoon. So I painted in Mike's studio being shot for GMC. So I was on this like list of um, like, um, like actors, whatever, like a li list thing. And they send out these emails, like in Toronto, we're looking for a family of five with whatever. So they like send out what they're looking for. And so Walmart's looking for families that use, um, that use the like grocery pickup service. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. can you attest to how it, it betters your life? And of course, as a person working at home from that point and like my family and working out of my studio i made this beautiful video submitted it even got my husband to like sit in like this is why it like it saves us time and whatever so anyway walmart decided to fly all their people here to shoot a commercial in our home and uh it was pandemic so they could only like have eight people in here and they had like a whole film crew because it's walmart and so i suggested that they use my videographer and photographers and um then we also like leah is a designer and stages food like she did that for her career so it's like this little pocket so they all ended up getting paid 
way more than I did by Walmart for like coming in and developing this like film crew for the day. And it was crazy. And so just an example of like, I had an opportunity and I shared it. And that's how we all grow as creatives. Okay, that um, super cool. I I definitely agree with the idea of the power of you know, not even the word of mouth, but having a personal connection as a reference point. I think in the day and age where maybe we have a little bit of media saturation, the power of that interpersonal reference, I think, is definitely maybe not skyrocketed but boosted. Do you feel people like discount people discount yeah. your community connections? It's your strongest one. Those are the people who are going to hire you and support you. Like it really is. Like they're gonna root for you, they're gonna lift you up when you're down. Like that is like they care genuinely. Do you feel like and maybe this will be my last question about Lloyd Minister before maybe sure, that's okay. you a, a little explanation of where I'm coming from too. Do you feel like in the few past years, especially post pandemic coming out that their city has like seen an ex not an explosion, but just this growth, right? Immigration, there's more global things happening, people coming in. I say that from the perspective of it feels like all of a sudden in Saskatoon, we hit this like freeze or, you know, there's a stop time sort of slow down, dilated. And then this summer, all of a sudden, the appetite just the people in the city right i mean we're talking about canada immigration numbers that plays into it but just everything feels like it's accelerated particularly this intersection of culture and art is do you feel like lloyd minister is part of that larger wave of prairie cities getting this explosion of growth i mean we do have we so i grew up here so i can physically see the range and diversity probably times 1000% since when I was a child, right? So uh. we have a huge Filipino community, like huge. And in fact, um, my friend, um, he's an aerospace engineer, but he just, and that's how he got to Lloydminster. He said, Lloydminster looks really great on paper for opportunity. Um, and so then he ended up starting nara studios his videography thing like he got here on paper in a different way saying like that was his degree whatever but he ended up you know hitting a place where there are no other videographers so he does commercial videography as well as like teaming up with all these creatives um so um and then of course we have uh a wonderful indigenous community where um, with the initiative of the government and our community has really taken it in stride um, and expanded in that way in how can we support, how can we help, what can, how can we make changes? And I've seen that um, personally um, with interacting with our recent truth and reconciliation piece. So they are taking everything very seriously um, I have a workshop next week. I'm part of the Heart of Treaty Six. So I'm part of individuals helping to, you know, um, acknowledge the past of our country and um, what can we do to work forward or move forward and work together. Um, and of course, Saskatchewan in particular, I believe, I don't pay attention to politics a whole bunch, but I do believe their immigration policy is like more people, please because we have all the space, I think. Yeah. And so that is how a lot of my friends who I've spoken to and asked that particular question, that's how they got here. Um, and then uh, just, I, I feel like people are just genuinely kind. And I know that because I have a lot of friends in the States. So it doesn't seem like people are quite as um, like, I want to learn about you, Jaded. I want to with you, I want to, you know, so uh, that yeah. whole like friendly Canadian thing. I mean, there is the other side that I don't really want to speak to necessarily because mm -hmm. I don't like um, supporting their views necessarily or even giving giving them any energy or time. 
So, yeah. um, but for the most part, the people I surround myself with have that same mentality of inclusivity and growing together. That's, thank you. Thank you for that. That's, thank you for that's that great really, question. Um, I, I, I mean, I attribute a lot to the arts. So I, if, if you'd like, maybe I can give you a little, yeah, art is a bridge. Um, so for me, my background is um, I'm an only child and my mom and dad took me and we left China in 2001. So we moved to San Francisco for a bit. Yeah, what your statement about the States is so true. I think there's a lot of jadedness there. I think for newcomers, the States is just, it's just expensive. And that was before the modern Silicon Valley boom. So we moved to Ottawa, but it was harder to get opportunities. And then my dad went to university at, at the U of S here. So he was able to finish his double degree. And um, we moved from Ottawa here in 2008, sort of riding the beginnings of that boom that is now, I would say, <laughs> much I don't think boom is the right word anymore, but that's another conversation. And so for me, I, I've been here for, yeah, just about 15 years, starting to see the, the city in Saskatoon change. But initially, my relation to the arts was my first degree here at the U of S was in political studies. And I remember distinctly at the end of every chapter would be, and this is the impact of said belief, said ideology, said political movement on arts and culture. It was like, it was very obvious arts was at the very back end of it. Yeah. And for a, <laughs> and uh, our perception was we were at that point as a cohort, as a college or as a program, definitely very disproportionately male dominated and very traditional in a lot of opinions so we always thought of ourselves as just the folks who would organize committees or groups so that the artists can host their events definitely heavy tinges of misogyny and heavy tinges of arrogance just you know we're kind of stupid early 20 year olds in that respect we all, in every way. such a learning time in our lives i'm not gonna i'm not going to judge you by your 20s that's not fair <laughs> um uh i guess well i'm finally phasing out i'm at the tail end of the 20s so very happy for the for the for, for we'll call it improved and refreshed perspectives but i'll be honest at that time i didn't really like i was so i was i was a musician throughout all of high school and then university i dropped jazz for uh, student politics or smoke to my values at that point. But besides music, I hadn't really dabbled much in the arts. And then basically fast forward to the pandemic. Um, I finished political studies, was starting to get involved in municipal and provincial politics, realized I was like, oh, I was not a chill dude. That's what I say to all my friends. I'm not a chill dude. I have big ideas. I wear my heart on my sleeve. And I was definitely proposing ideas that were maybe a bit radical, but also I was just a hot-headed 23-year-old who thought that, you know, I could run shit and I didn't. Combination of reasons, I was very much <laughs> disenchanted from politics. Um, worked abroad, worked in tech for a bit, realized I let like computer science. So I had to go back to school for a, a, another bachelor's in computer science in 2019 and then 2020 COVID hit. And it was that moment realizing I was stuck in a basement suite at a computer all day for school and for work that I started becoming much more conscious of the space I was in. And I wanted anything to make my space feel like a better reminder than what I was just seeing, which is white walls. So I started putting up prints. And it was that process that made me realize I really benefited from an emotional connection to things on my walls, which became this pursuit of uh, I guess wanting to be more involved in art community building. Um, sort of fast forward a year, 2021, um, as things were opening up in Saskatoon, I decided, you know what, as Nacho dude, I was getting restless and I wanted to organize more community pop-ups. So we took over our friends' um, art pop-up initiative called the 525 and we expanded that now we've developed a board and our board is also largely composed of non-artists. So we'll say young professionals, some folks in tech, some folks in law, 
finance, and then I've got a background in sort of computers and nonprofit work. I think those make the best teams, <laughs> really. Thank you, thank you. Um, it, it made us realize very quickly how, at least from our, and our, our teams, none of us really knew we wanted to be involved in the arts, but we really enjoyed any time there was art around us and events with art. So that's where a lot of our instigation began. We realized that there wasn't a lot of strength in project management, at least for your traditional folks coming out of a BFA, right? Or recent. They don't teach artists. that in art school. So I've been told many times, which took me like I, 15 yeah. years to figure it out, sadly. Okay. So Still figuring like, it out. Yeah, everything uh, like business wise expansion, um, actually, same kind of same shift, except like at the opposite end of you, um, you know, knowing all these things and having all these skills, except you're like, what is missing that element of passion, connection, um, and, and that's what art does. Versus, I, I'm like, I have, I know, I know how to do all that stuff, but I had to make a major business shift. Um, it might be almost four years ago now, but it was like, I need to diversify my art practice because this whole selling a painting, making a painting, selling a painting isn't sustainable at all. And I was totally, completely burnt out. Okay. I, I want to put that as a feather in my cap because it, there's a lot of questions I want to ask in that, but I also want to be respectful of time. But to your exact point, maybe I'll summarize what I quickly realized trying to work with emerging artists. So most of us are, you know, 30 or under in that respect is it felt like through formal education, they were just throwing artists out into the water and there wasn't a life raft and from our perspective realized that especially you know millennials are younger right we're more transient when it comes to maybe finding a house or let's be honest affording affording a house but there's mm -hmm. a lot more emphasis it's almost impossible now oh yeah that, that's that's a that's a that's a can of worms yeah that's a can of worms that's, that's another podcast that i yeah that's that that i think about too often but we really value experiences and an experience and emotional connection to like a, a community in a way that also has something tangible. And, you know, if you can't afford a home, I think a piece of art is a much easier, tangible anchor. So we really started believing this idea of um, an emerging creative class, at least in Saskatoon and maybe among Prairie cities where it's the intersection between artists and we'll say professionals, right, that are willing to support the art outside of the existing realms because we felt like the formal institutions weren't providing enough and mm -hmm. it feels like maybe this is my bias now. It feels like the granting bodies, right, your government bodies are just so slow with the times. I don't know about that. Like I, I've written a few grants. I, I don't want to talk too much dirt on folks, but it it seems like the, there's a disconnect between how expensive things are, kind of like how you mentioned you had that realization four years ago, and just the barriers to a successful artist path and the current ecosystem of grants and what they offer and how hard it is to get a grant. So those are sort of the two things that I came in knowing or feeling, um, for lack of a better word. And so my pathway, at least in Saskatoon, was sit on as many boards as possible. So sit on the city's you know, public art board, sit on the board and be involved in Nui Blanche of Saskatoon, sort of be a part of my own you know, arts initiatives. And my goal is to get money, particularly new money into art and artists so that other people can see the value of art. And if we can move some money that, that there's a viable ecosystem that we can create this a creative class, um, there's other cool art events, at least for me, there's, there's more cool art events in the city to go to than just a bunch of art events that I'm already volunteering or involved with. So maybe that's like my final selfish goal is I don't want to be the, I would like for there to be enough cool events where in a summer I can fill my calendar with cool events, not just in Saskatoon, but I want to see the potential of connecting between other cities. 
and learn oh, from other course. cities. Yeah. So. No, that has the potential to grow. And there are there are things like that happening on a different scale. But like the like you said, like the impact of art in particular, I just witnessed it. Yesterday we had our final mural ceremony for the uh, Choose Love and Join Hands and Truth and Reconciliation, a project we worked on for <laughs> two years. Um, and it was 3,082 square feet of a medical building. And um, so we finished install in two weeks in July. And so we had a ceremony where we had everyone come and place their hand on the wall and we gave speeches and the mayor was there and everything. And we had indigenous dancers and drummers um, from the mother of the portrait of the, her daughter was on the wall. So those were her children drumming and singing. And so with our uh, surrounding area, because there was an, an invisible um, in the mid 1900s, um, an invisible line where indigenous people had to stop, come into Lorminster, get their goods and leave. So they set up camp at this line. They couldn't actually like spend time in Lorminster. So we placed it on the north side of this building, shattering that line, building a bridge between communities. And that um, mural was the symbolic hope. And so to see it, like my eyes and face hurt like still because um, I just cried. Like I couldn't believe there were, um, we had it from 11.30 to 1.30. There was definitely around 400 people who um, came and went and like 250 for the actual ceremony part. And it's just like the transformation. And then while installing it, the transformational effect of like, this is what art does. It was based off of my friend's photography from Lloyd Minster's first powwow. That was kind of the spark. And then she installed it with me. She had never driven a scissor lift. <laughs> Neither had I actually. She's afraid of heights. So it was empowering for other creatives. We had an indigenous mentorship program. So it, it wasn't just a mural. Like it was, you know, empowering those two indigenous young people um, and paying them an honorarium for their dedication. I gave them a piece of the wall to paint. So they designed it with one of our designers on our team and installed it. So not only like as far as so what I was missing from art school was a real life experience. So with every project, I'm trying to partner with people in our community, but also empower young people because I also run an art academy, empowering young people um, with real life skill sets because that's what I didn't receive. So I feel almost an obligation to have that set up and be totally transparent throughout the whole process of like materials I use, the cost of things. Um, we got funding from here. And if anyone ever asks me a question, I answer it. So um, they're not just murals. It's not just art. It's like, it's an actual tangible thing that people can feel. And there's no way you can really put words to, to it it's almost like you have to experience it and be there. But it was just, yeah, I had like, I was just crying the whole time. It was insane. Like, uh, and, and for, and for cities to finally, I think my, my city will is, is realizing the value in, in what they can mean um, and the power in, in, you know, partnering with creatives because we see things in a different way and other people can feel it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, particularly, it, it just when I hear other people say this, particularly those who've organized projects, you know, at your scale and have so many arms, it is very validating and empowering. <laughs> a lot of my friends, um, we joke, we're, as children of immigrants, we're <laughs> very blessed to have supportive parents, and we often come from a very high-performing family, but um, we'll say my high school graduating cohort of our, of our sort of our education stream, we have a lot of doctors, a lot of engineers, computer scientists, a few lawyers, 
and not a lot of space for the arts. And I get it, right? Particularly if you're, you know, our parents were telling us financial security first, financial security first, right. get the job, get the money first, and then find happiness. But we're now in the space where our cohort, we're in our almost late 20s going to our 30s and a lot of us are financially secure some have bought houses i joke i'm definitely the most broke <laughs> a friend of our friend group um, but finding that sense of meaning and that maybe larger conversation of meaning and belonging and a connection between sort of self-fulfillment and community um, has been someone that we've, as a friend group, and I think that speaks to many other similar to our friend group, talk about quite often, particularly as we've all sort of acknowledged that we don't have the same foot in our parents, our, you know, our, our mother tongue, our mother culture, right? We're sort of straddling between, but we're looking for things that give us meaning. And so for us, when we've, dis when we, in our own pathways, have discovered art, to your exact words, it, it's more than just lines or painting on a wall, right? Like the, mm. it is subjective, yeah. but it is not subjectivity that creates so much, so much, um, I don't know, intentional, intentional relationships. One of the questions that I, I'm beyond fascinated in this, in, in the role you play is maybe to use murals as an example, right? There's so many pieces of it that go behind the scenes, but beyond just like putting art on the walls, has there been something that you've identified as like, okay, this is the, not that, yeah, we'll say this is the hardest part to getting a project underway. Is it often funding or is it just getting the right people in the room? Is it coordinating timelines and schedules? It's all of those things. Uh, it's all of those things. And um, so I think, the number one thing and the element that has to be there is why and the purpose, because then all of those challenging things like finding the right people um, and getting in the right rooms um, kind of falls to the wayside and naturally happens uh, the way it was supposed to. That, that, uh, that project in particular actually almost didn't happen because um, I felt like the right people weren't necessarily um, involved and so did they. And with that subject matter, that has to be part of, you know, that element of um, mm. truth and reconciliation. Like it has to be done absolutely um, in the best way possible or it can't be done at all um, in terms of cultural appropriation, following protocol. Like we had to seek knowledge and um uh like it it was a lot of it was a lot of meetings it's a lot of learning um and and not always are you comfortable like you know or feel like is this is this okay like or is this not okay and so i feel like you will find the right connections if it is initially right away the right project for your vision um, and I know people are like, oh, you're talking about the universe or whatever, or whatever you believe in. I think that is the very first trusting your head, your heart and your gut all at once. Um, or everything just isn't, that's your foundation right there. And then trusting and knowing that the right people are actually going to come along and the right people will say yes. And then we had a lot of people who fell to the wayside of like, oh, they just weren't meant for that project, you know? Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Can I add, who's this? This is Teddy. Nice to meet you, Teddy. Can you say hi? No, he'll just sit here. Yeah, no it was like there was there's a lot of there's a lot of things um, that just there's a lot of extra parts and um, people see just a like one tenth of them. Um, yeah. Mm. 
Getting the right people on. I think. No, I think you've said it. It. I th particularly because there's such meaning and behind works of art, getting the right people around the table and mission, making sure the right voices are heard is something that we're learning and struggling with. Um, I mean, it's a very like positive and, and sort of educational sense, but we're definitely going through that. Um, the right people have to be up for the task, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And not everyone is. So. Yeah. Can I ask, like, uh, maybe this is maybe this is the this is the like a general question around um, murals is. I know that you have a like uh, like a mural class um, as, as part of your like your larger offerings. Um, how does like how, uh, how do I best word it? Where do you see like mural work if you're talking about the trajectory of an artist? Because I'm beginning to more and more feel a passion for public arts, and as somebody on the, on the Saskatoon Public Arts Committee. I want us to throw more money. I don't use the word throw. Invest more money. Yeah, yeah. a bad connotation. I want to see the city and more people invest more money into public art spaces um, as sort of a thing that I can tangibly contribute to building a more vibrant core community. But uh, coming from someone who's very sort of still new and inexperienced in the actual creative process of art, um, where does mural work fit into sort of what you would consider as the larger journey of an artist, you know, is this something that you have to, you would say, develop a portfolio before? Um, yeah, so I actually, I, right, um, the mural course is, it is a larger offering because it is, it is so in depth and I do start with mindset. Like, why do you want to do mural work? Like, it's not yeah. just because it increases your net profits or increases your visibility. It does do those things as well. Um, however, they aren't for the faint of heart. Like uh, you have to be physically up to the task because installing public art is physically, totally it takes all of you and like more. So um, obviously if people purchase it, they're like already hopefully there, um, the class, but um, uh, the physicality, the mindset, uh, the purpose, because I actually, like I said, truly believe that murals are transformational. Um, mm -hmm. And um, that is their biggest, their biggest draw. It's not like they are beautiful, but there's so much more to them than that. And um, it is a really great investment for businesses in creatives um, to take them there because of course um, it just turns every space into a thriving public destination. Like right away, right away, the one very first mural I did, like 10,000 uh, visits a year and uh, on Google and like, it, it's crazy how, how effective they are. Um, and if you're talking from a city perspective and a tourism point of view, um, and if you research like what the what Bump has done in Calgary with their Beltline Urban Mural Project, um, do you know about Bump? No, no, I'm uh, I'm taking what? a bunch of notes. I'm okay, Bump is like, and this is what I do, and I can send you the mural class, but like, it's Bump. Um, the mayor had initiative. I had an initiative, I think, over a decade ago. Um, on revitalizing that particular neighborhood. And so now they have like the tallest mural in the world and they have this huge festival every year. And it's literally like, it's just insane. Like what they've done there is, and, and basically any city could really look at what they've done and take their templates or ask them questions about, um, you know, how they got funding, how they went about it. But like they're, uh, so you can sign up for their newsletter, but they're a team in themselves, right? That's what they do. Um, so it's pretty cool. And I'm working in my community too with, there's already the Arts Without Borders uh, and festivals that go on. So it's just like building that public art aspect and it's slowly happening and it does 
it just takes people like seeing it. And I take artists through in the class about building portfolio. Um, you don't need, you can trade people. I've traded to build my portfolio, like uh, gift clothing gift cards, <laughs> like instead of them paying me. Um, it's paying, but like we both, we both benefited, right? So, um, and then of course, if you're building your social media, you're both partnering and growing, bringing on paint sponsors, stuff like that. That's like when you get to the higher end of growth. Um, but at the beginning, you can paint your bathroom. You can paint your any space. You can paint a friend's space. Um, I had Kevo, Kevin Lito on the podcast. He's a huge muralist um, from Montreal. And that's how he started. He was traveling and painted the outside of his friend's restaurant, right? Like, you got to start somewhere. And um, then, of course, the technicality of install, which can be probably the most overwhelming part with mentoring people through the process and them taking my class and coming back with questions. I would say what people are and creatives and artists are most afraid about is the materials um that they need like weatherproofing uh isolation codes uh priming prepping washing the walls like there is a lot more that goes into it drying times um after you wash weather appropriate times to paint all of those things like uh and of course like what's going to last the longest how do you put an anti-graffiti coat on do you spray it do you roll it what's the best product out there stuff like that so um that's what I cover in the class because it's just like, I, it almost can overwhelm you so much that you're just like, eh, maybe not, you know? Okay. Also the lift certificates and training, like um, I oh. witnessed a person like not recently, not even following, like, I'm like, they clearly don't have their lift training because they're not wearing any safety gear right now. And uh, so it's just like, you know, and saying, hey, like, um, you know, if you're stepping onto a lift, you need your fall protection. And you like, you need uh, even ladders, you need fall protector stuff, or if you're using scaffolding, um, different and, and Canadian certificates are even a little bit more strict than because uh, you'll get fined or you'll die too also that the biggest thing is keeping yourself safe and then the public safe below you because if you drop a paint can on someone and you haven't fenced off your site like you're liable also having insurance so again the more i talk the more points i'm bringing up which i have in the class but like um it's just things people don't think about. Like you have to be an insured artist if you're going out into the public doing anything because anything can happen. That's what insurance is for. Um, and of course, with the certificate, uh, getting your certificates, um, certifications, um, you, you will have that knowledge base, right? You will be prepared. Um, in in all at your elevating platforms and your and your fall protection okay yeah sorry those like no 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 don't please, please don't apologize this is i love i love being like over informed and overstimulated with <laughs> ideas and everything um yeah thank you for the suggestion of bump I've already like I already took a glance through your yeah, your amazing, workshop right? and your different your different offerings. I mean, obviously you're talking about very niche stuff that is maybe not the most suitable for uh, a course overview, but um, I figured there were a lot no, of maybe there. not. Um, so for me, my my goal with murals is I've only sat on the Saskatoon Public Art Advisory Committee since April, and it breaks during the summer, which I'm not a chill dude, so I like to meet every month, but you know, here or there. The committee for the last X knows how many years has largely been staffed by um, a few folks who are like, like very heavily entrenched in the arts establishment in Saskatoon and Saskatchewan. Oftentimes, you know, people from architecture firms who want to know how the public art bid process works so they can bid their own, and then, a lot of folks are retired, which 
amazing they have time, but there's a bit of lack of new ideas and new energy for, I would say, a while now. And the last, you know, sort of outlandish, oh no, not the last project that they commissioned off of was spending a quarter million dollars on a few lights downtown, lighting up an alleyway. I love the idea of the lighting, right? But yeah, the, your reaction about that price tag was my reaction. Yeah. It's, it's just, why are we spending money on things that people don't want to look at because it's in an alley, right? You, we don't have to get people to walk in an alley. We can just get people to walk downtown. So my yeah. rant aside is I, I, I know a few places where there's funding and I'd like for funding to be more transformative. And I've, that experience at Mural Fest in Saskatoon was a profound experience of- Founded an amazing job, like amazing job. And there was so much, and rightly so, because she, she did have to do a lot of things last minute just to get support, get funding to make it happen. But I was shocked that there wasn't more support from the city because being in that parking lot was one of the most unique things I've seen in the city from an arts perspective, and I want to see more of it. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for this tip. I'm going to stew on this, but I want to keep bringing back mural ideas and I want to learn more about your workshop and if there's possibilities to scale that, let's say with like a cohort. Um, maybe the last question, you know what? I'm by the way building asking, a whole new site right now. It's been a okay. year and so it's launching soon. That site is just, that site was when I just sold art mostly. So um, it is, it is growing toward um, education in mind. So, um, and I have a team behind it, but I'm happy totally to answer any questions you have at any time um, and uh, jump in on any conversations. Um, yeah, because I I just believe in impact and, and helping others. And uh, I believe art can do that in my core. Yeah, I, I agree too, I resonate too. Um, this other side of it is like your BH gallery, which also for me is like very fascinating too. Um, okay. It, how do you walk the line of someone who is an artist, but is also curating as, as we're learning to get, we're wading into that. Well, I'm not an artist, but we, we have a team and I'm working with two other artists and we're just starting to curate. And that's a question that we always have. Oh yeah. Well, um, First of all, I have a lot of working relationships with tons of artists all over the world. So it's basically finding those right people and connections. Um, and then, um, of course, call for arts and, and, and stuff like that. So um, which is a lot of weeding through things. Um, so to facilitate that, um, and I actually scale that down a lot in the meantime of this season of my life it will always be there because I actually have a bigger dream of having an artist residency in an eco-friendly like uh, space. So um, that's why I want to grow the education aspect, but we are partnering. Like I have curated, I have curated shows. Um, I just finished one with arts to hearts and I did one for, um, who did I, I can't even remember the art, artist mother. Yes, that's right. Um, so I've curated shows with them. And then of course, anytime, uh, and then we've run call for arts. We did, we, we started with four a year. And then just with, at that point, I had a team of three. So it was just like, it wasn't, I couldn't, we couldn't do it. Like, especially with the big project I just finished. So um, I'm actually teaming up with um, my friend in Europe and we're running um, an artist, a call for art. So um, a bursary honorarium, so they'll receive a cash prize. Yeah. And because I believe in supporting artists and I don't believe that a call for art with a virtual exhibition is elevating anyone really. Um, so an actual physical show in Europe along with a cash prize. So that will be in the spring um 
that call. But again, I'm only doing like one a year um, just because, well, I have my art academy and the murals and all this stuff going on. So, and of course, like getting, um, I'm growing my team a bit too. So uh, just like those things that people don't know or see. And then of course, um, I have three children. So motherhood and life and uh, staying sane That's during great. all of that all at once. But um, I definitely right now, my focus is public art. And, and of course, I have my weekly podcast. Uh, but it is public art and um, the online education to support as many creatives as possible to um, compensate for what, yeah, we, I guess what we didn't have, right? So that whole thing. Uh, wow. Okay. That puts my life into perspective. So um, kudos, respect. That is respect respect um is is one of the tougher parts for you still always finding like physical galleries to partner when you do a submission or yeah is that something so, that over time uh, well it was covid it was kind of easy because we did just do online um and then basically what was happening was it was my collector space that the were the main source of sales for those online collections so um but at this yeah i would suggest like anytime you run a call for art to actually have a reason to do it other than an online exhibition just for like as a person being in the artist uh, and and a struggling artist at that uh, position and thinking that, you know, this feature in this magazine is going to be it. This is going to be it for me and I, that'll be me making it, right? Um, which isn't the truth. Um, I mean, that sometimes people do go viral, but also you want to be prepared if that does ever happen. So slowly building your business um, is really important and having the platform to support uh, when you do expand uh, so, um, but you know, and I, I have a diversify your income workbook because like artists should be, you know, having like at least five to seven sources of income to actually, and I only know a handful of artists who make art and sell it and make a living from just that. And, um, the one in particular that, particular that I do know who's really successful is Andrew Salgado from Regina. Um, he's a Canadian artist, but he has made it work. But his partner, or I think his husband now, I think they just got married. Um, he has Beers London. He owns Beers London. And so they've been, and his, he's having a show at Sachi in London, partnering with Beers London. So there has been a team behind Andrew Salgado and his success. He's extreme. Uh... I have some of his pieces. He's also extremely talented and a wonderful painter, but I know a lot of extremely talented painters that don't have that same level of success that he does because he has that support. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a commercialization yeah. to, to um, creatives a lot of the time um, or like, a lot of women who are making it, selling, doing like online uh, art stuff, like their husbands have quit their jobs and they're photographers or videographers or, you know, uh, Create Magazine, Ekaterina Popova, she has the art queens, but like she has a team of people working uh, with her, you know? So every success is uh, not really what it seems. It's not like, oh, I just mm -hmm. make art all day and it works, you know? It works for me. Okay, that, oh, thank you. Thank you also. All the yeah, notes that you can take. No, I been. have like 30, 20 years in the art world. So, um, but I do have to go and eat lunch and I uh, have like to recover from my week <laughs> and the last two years. And um, let me know if like, yeah, I can send you this recording just in case you didn't write something down. and. Um, uh, I'll, I'm I'm good. I also have a uh, like an oh, automated note taker. Oh, 
that's well, yeah. Um, I I personally want to push for no more secretaries if possible. Automated note takers everywhere, but that that is another conversation. Um, Good thank for you. So you. Much. Yeah, no, work smarter, not harder. That old saying. I, you'll definitely hear back. Um, I mean, I, I follow your account anyway. So next time you have an event in Saskatoon, definitely I'll try to make it out if you're in the city. Um, yeah, I, I will. I'm going to digest. I'll let you have lunch. It's sure. been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for all the information. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, thank you. We'll chat soon. Ciao. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that conversation just as much as I did. Uh, it was it was a genuine fun time with someone who I had just met randomly. So, um, but I love meeting random people because it's fun. It's just more fun to like take that 15 seconds or four seconds or whatever it takes for you to be like, you know, I'm going to talk to that person next to me or I'm going to say yes to this person who's asked uh, to... Um, meet and pick my brain it always ends up in a cool cool way trust me i'm just looking at my jaw right now and i realize one side's swollen because i'm so stressed out from clenching it anyway uh i'm not stressed i just am secretly stressed out i guess that's when my jaw gets tight uh um wow T stay focused for two seconds we're almost done uh, thank you for being here. I sure do appreciate your time, as always. Uh, and if you want to join our Color Me Happy community, share what you're working on. I love that. Every Wednesday we have What You're Working On. And um, I love hearing what our community is up to in there. Um, and or people just have, like, questions about uh, general, like, you know, varnishing questions or portrait questions or... Um, mindset question, stuff like that. Uh, share in there. That's what it's for. I'm so happy to have everyone in there. It's, it's a safe space for um, creatives. And creative is a big umbrella. So that can be you. <laughs> Heck, if you love scrapbooking or coin collecting, that's creative, right? So um, yeah, join us in our Color Me Happy community. Check out our new website coming soon. It's not there yet. I'm so excited. It's we're working on it, um, and mostly like I change it because, uh, or I'm updating. I haven't updated it for a long, long time, but uh, it's supporting and growing the education uh, sector of what we do because I just love making friends. <laughs> I love making friends and I love teaching people. It's really. Um, it really fills my cup. It's one of the things that fills my cup. Um, and I love working with our local art academy, but I want to take away that skill set and, um, and, and like the more artistry, I guess, professional artist uh, and education, uh, empower other artists to thrive um, the way we have. Um, and we have grown exponentially in the last few years when we switched a few... Um, ways that we diversified our income and our practice. So I want to support as many creatives as possible. And so I really want to get people in there to our education sector because there's so much potential. And each one of my classes, I really focus on empowerment and mindset, not just like I'm teaching you this one thing and you're walking away learning how to paint a tree. Like you're not. You're learning how to think creatively and expand your life. So, um, and then of course, like contracts and working with clients and, and all the little things that like, I forget that people just are learning for the first time. I have it in there. Um, but once you have all those hard things figured out, like the rest, like kind of just goes like automatically. And then you're just like, Oh, I'm showing up to this mural and I know what the heck I'm doing. And I'm just going to rock this fucking mural out and it's going to be amazing. And, uh, it gets easier and easier as time goes on. So, um, we'll help you through the hard stuff the first time. All right. Uh, thank you to our partners. If you'd like to become a partner with our podcast, um, just let us know. It's an amazing partnership. I love it. Um, our partners also support a lot of our community projects and we work together on that. So it's, 
if you want to like combine, which we are, uh, we're working with someone right now, uh, working on like a mural project slash like community involvement. So um, it's more than just like, hey, thanks for being our partner. It's like, it's bigger. Um, and of course these projects take like months and years, but they're impactful and they're part of my why for my studio practice. So pretty cool. If you want to become a partner, just let us know and we'll sit down and chat. Uh, our partners are Oasis Hot Yoga and Spin Studio. Oh shit, I forgot to mention that our workshop, you gotta sign up now. It's on Sunday, noon to October 22nd, noon to 2.30. Um, first and last one of the year. And I'm really excited for Sunday. And so you can get tickets. Um, just head to my Brandy Hofer Studios and it's in our bio. Or my, uh, it's not on my website, but it's in our Instagram. Um, so get it there. Also, so see with our partners, we do just, we do workshops, we do murals, we do like lots of fun stuff. It's not just like setting an ad on a website. Um, and we talk about you because we love you. <laughs> Nouveau Laser and Aesthetic Center, um, Red Bicycle Communications, and um, BioClean Disaster Services, all amazing contributors to our community, uh, working together to make a difference. That's what it's all about, work together. Uh, and live an expansive, amazing, creative life. Thanks for being here. I appreciate your time. We'll chat soon. If you're looking for some time for yourself to relax, release, and unwind, Oasis has the perfect space for you. They offer yoga and spin classes of all levels. Whether you are a beginner or advanced student, Oasis thrives on accommodating all aspects of the practice. Let their serene environment and gracious staff help you in your journey of peace, healing, and strength. Sign up online at www.oasishotyogastudio.com or by downloading the Oasis Hot Yoga Studio app. Feel like yourself. You deserve it.